Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Something Old, Something New, Something, something bor Borrowed, <laughs> and Something Brewed. Uh, my name is Nick Lancaster, and uh, with me today is friend of the show, Jeff Cardwell. Um, and to today we have special guests, Naji and Luis from the Thousand Story Podcast. Hey! hey what's, Hello. what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we brought sounds, match, you know. Oh man, where's our man? I gotta invest in a soundboard for the studio now. <laughs> I gotta match energy now. It's all software, baby. You know, it's all that's true. Go. That's true. So uh, we sort of have a uh, an unconventional episode for our listeners, I suppose. Um, we are joined by these two great guests, and uh, <laughs> the the story of us meeting is kind of interesting because we reviewed. Uh, your album, Najee, yeah. the album Misfit, uh, a couple episodes ago, and I which Jeff brought in as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I tweeted out that we were talking about your album, and I think you, you just saw it on Twitter and yeah. responded to us. Yeah, and that, that kind of got the dialogue it. going, and here we are. It's really funny, because <laughs> like, when he tweeted that out, I looked at your Twitter page, and I was like, oh shit, they're in Cal oh, I'm sorry, can we curse? <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> they're in Kalamazoo," and I said, "He goes who?" And I was like, "That podcast that I just talked about you—they're in Kalamazoo." My cousin's also living in Kalamazoo right now, so I oh, huh. I made a mention to him. I was like, "Yo, what if we went to Kalamazoo and like, <laughs> <laughs> like met up with these guys randomly?" But yeah, that was really we funny. did not meet up. We in did person, not, but <laughs> we met up online, which is yeah, yeah. You know, you know, it's the real world. The advent of the internet. Hope. It's a beautiful thing. You know, in the URL. <laughs> we met up in the URL. URL. <laughs> IRL in the URL. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> as the name of the show dictates, uh, something old. Jeff has brought in Voodoo by D'Angelo. So, Ooh. I guess, Jeff, you, you have the floor. Yeah, so, I, I decided just to go ahead and bring my favorite record ever. Just because I felt like I felt like I don't know if I was gonna bring a record, why not that one? Um, I just think I love this record so much. There's so many things about it that are just amazing to me. Like the first thing is like it's just from my favorite. It's like what I think is the best record from my favorite period of record making mm. in history. Um, which is like and just like specifically those like Electric Lady sessions, where for people who don't know who might be listening, um, Electric Lady Records at the end of the 90s was just this place like where all these people um were congregating and making this incredibly dope music and so like these records that were all made by the same people around each other like things fall apart by the roots yeah. um, voodoo yeah. by d'angelo 
Like Water for Chocolate by Common, Mama's Gun by Erica Badu. Music Soul Child. Um, music, yep. Yeah, Music Soul Child, I Just Want to Sing. Was that the one that he did? I believe so. There? Yeah. yeah. And then, like, I think maybe even Black on Both Sides by Most Def was done mm-hmm. there. There's a ton of stuff that is just, like, like God-level. That place is historic. Stuff. It's so historic. Yeah. Well, yeah, and even outside even of before that, that, that place yeah. is in, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that was Jimi Hendrix's a, place. Yeah, exactly. It's just such a cool period of history where, like, you know, you hear, like, Questlove talking about those sessions where they're just all, you know, it's going, like, 24 hours a day because they all have different, you know, habits in the studio. And then, you know, Questlove and other people are just, like, running up and down the stairs, like, <laughs> going to all the studios, doing yep. sessions for them. And, like, and I just think that's the coolest shit ever. That you know, is like, that's like, amazing. I love that's when like that happens. my dream yeah. is to be in like part of that kind of group, you know, just doing that kind of magic all the time. And just like, it was like five years of just pure gold. Um, and so like, that's just like, you know, that story behind the beauty of this record just like makes it so much even like even so much better mm-hmm. for me. Um, and then there's just like, you know, all the influences behind the record. Hmm that are just so great like you know prince and dilla having like almost equal influence on our record is i think just such a cool combination (laughs) that is a cool combination (laughs) um yeah just all that kind of stuff and like people that you know i didn't even expect to be on the record like i didn't under i didn't know that rafael sadiq was like all over it the way he was um i definitely didn't know that he was like and i'll get to this part later but was like you know co-wrote untitled how does it feel which i didn't know that at all which really gives me a whole new perspective on Raphael Sadiq, who Yo. I already thought was dope. How does um, it feel by D'Angelo is literally one of our friends' Instagram names. Like that's how I'm popping <laughs> that track. Is. Yeah, that's like I'm not even gonna lie. Like I, I usually think I like don't have a favorite song because I my music taste is too wide or whatever bullshit I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. And then I listen to that song and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I, I'm lying. It's my favorite. <laughs> um, it's so good. But I think we'll get to that one later because it's towards the end of the record. But um, I think for the first track off this one, I just want to jump right into left and right um, because I think there's some interesting things to talk about there and it's an interesting place to start for this record. All right, so here's a little bit of Left and Right by D'Angelo from the album Voodoo. There's so many things about that song. Like, for me, just, like, the influence of Dilla is just so apparent, and that's, like... Yeah. um, It's all over the record, and, you know, D'Angelo and Dilla both doing what they were doing at the same time, kind of, with, you know, as far as going totally the other direction away from, like, breakbeats and metronomically perfect stuff. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, having just, like, all raw, like, human feel in it. Um, and then listening to Questlove and on the drums and then Pino Palladino on the bass emulate oh, shit. that. Pino Palladino's on this? Yeah, he's all over this record. Oh, man. It's beautiful. And, like, listening to them emulate that is just so interesting to me because they just create this, like, Dilla beat, basically. And it's also basically a Dilla beat from A Tribe Called Quest song. Um, keeping it moving off of Beats Rhyme in Life. It's like the same beat, but just like they rewrote it and just recorded it in the studio, which I think is cool because they're, you know, they were all friends anyway and they were just like all working together. It's crazy that they kind of, they kind of played like a game of telephone with it. Because yeah. if you think about it, it's like Jay Dilla started being influenced by real life, real right. beats, real drummers. Then he gave it to it, you know, they then they took it from that, yeah. went to a drum and then took it back. Like it's like, yeah. yeah. It, 
Like I just love that transcription of it that kind of just continually changes it and, and yeah. modulates it in a way that's real. I mean, it's always been real, but then like even more so, it just continually makes it this evolving craft. Yeah, it's so cool. And I think with like the Soulquarians and like that click in general, like they are so they are already like sharing so much like music between them. Yeah, like between themselves, where they are all like like uh, there's other things that come to mind, like the. Um, L is gone off a of I just want to sing by Music Soul Child is like functionally the same beat as um, the next movement off Things Fall Apart. It's like the same thing, and it's just like because all the same people made the same <laughs> records, and it was like it's just really fun for me. Um, but yeah, and then also you know Method Man and Red Man on that on yeah. that track, yeah. you know like iconic iconic, iconic duo, man. and just and just like the way that everything goes over that and. It's just like so perfectly curated. Yeah. Like, yo, um, it's crazy because like I met Method Man once. Um, it was when we were at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, not you and I. But <laughs> <laughs> I was at South by Southwest. <laughs> I was performing with this group that I was with, and um, the headliner for the stage that I was on was Method Man, and it was just like the craziest experience because like I grew up with his music, like the movies too. You remember right. their movies? Yeah. Like that shit was How hilarious, high? man. That oh my god. Yeah. How high was a classic. I watched that when I was like seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I grew like, up. This was a terrible idea. Yo, but it's such a bad <laughs> idea. Man, it's yeah. Their movies are crazy, but I just I remember meeting yeah. him and just being like like in awe of just like <laughs> uh, like you came from a time where like <laughs> mythical rappers existed. You're a mythical right. rapper. Like, it was just like <laughs> I was mind blown. I was like, "Dude, you're a legend," and yeah, he was he was pretty drunk. When I met like, drunk or high, I don't know. Honestly, he's don't like, know. yeah, I know it. I'm a mythical rapper. What I'm he's like, yeah, man, I'm a fucking dragon. And I was like, yeah, you're mythical like a dragon, <laughs> Mister Method. Yeah, <laughs> Mister Man. Yeah, <laughs> Method Man. Method Man's gotta be. I think he's just like in my top five, like favorite to listen to. Yeah. You know, however you categorize top fives or whatever, but like, as far as just like <laughs> my favorite rappers to like listen to and just like have fun listening to their tracks. Like method man is like way up there for me. Mm. It's, I love him so much. Um, yeah. There's just a bunch of stuff, even just about that track. That is really cool. I think we can move on unless you guys got more stuff about that specific one. Nah, see the next but, one. Like, I think the next one I was gonna want to talk about was one more again, because I think there's a lot of stuff about um, D'Angelo's like writing style and his composition stuff that I think is interesting in that one. Sure, let's let's play a clip from that. So here is a clip from One Mo Again from D'Angelo on the album Voodoo. Yo, I love how like every song is like. <laughs> like the shortest song is like four minutes, right. almost five, almost five minutes long. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's so good, and it's just because they had, and I think it's, I think a lot of it is how much time they spent making this record because they started recording in '95, and they did not release until what 2000, '99, oh, yeah. something like that. And it's like it's just like there's so many songs on it where you're like. Oh yeah, that part, that little thing in the background was definitely added like three years after the original <laughs> session. Like, like they they definitely like, and I think that's like part of the way D'Angelo works is just like he has the songs that he likes, and then they he just like 
works on them until they're the best they mm. can be, and then he lets and then he like puts it out. Like he doesn't. There's no rushing him at all. And like if he thinks there's gonna be, if he thinks there should be like a good vocal harmony somewhere, but he hasn't figured it out, he'll take like two years to do it, and then. <laughs> <laughs> And then it'll be fire. Like, it'll be the perfect one. Damn. Well, yeah, I mean, that You're sounds, right. like, indicative of, you know, what they were doing at Electric Lady. Like, just hanging out and, like, making music all day. And just, like, time becomes irrelevant. Because they're just... Yeah. Because, well, yeah, they were, all, they were all making money off all the stuff they were doing already. And it was, like, right after all of them became independently successful. And like, so they all, for the first time, had the ability to just go to the studio and be there for however long they needed oh, to. What a liberating feeling. Yeah. For real. I'm still chasing oh that. Oh my gosh. That would be amazing, though. Yeah. If, if your job was to literally just go fuck around with sound. Yeah. Like, uh, when they just like. I mean, that is my job. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. But you're not having in this, like. I, don't I mean, know. we have a studio. We're in we the do, studio. We, we are literally in a we're studio. Literally right now, yeah. in the studio. But I mean, it's, it's yeah. neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But just like I don't know, knowing that all the people around you are making the records that they're making, like that's got to be yeah. such a weird, like surreal feeling of just like freedom. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, we're just gonna do this, and I know that like the twelve people that are like geographically closest to me right now are the most talented people I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is crazy. Like, that is a crazy feeling. Yeah, and it was for them. Like, it was probably ugh. thirty. Like, Fuck. the amount of people that were involved is. You're not wrong. Wild. Wow. Um, ugh. You're not wrong. And like, that track with the spacing on that track. Oh yeah, there's. It's such a slow burn. Just like you, like you said, like Questlove just sitting on it. Just yeah. yeah I'll, just, I'll hit that beat when I want to. Yeah, they make you wait for it. Right. But it's like I don't know. Part of this is like. It is the like the Prince influence of like they're gonna make you wait for it, and then but it's gonna be the it's gonna be good the entire time you're waiting for it, and you won't know that you're waiting for it until it actually comes. <laughs> like you won't know you were, what you were waiting for until it until it drops, and then you're like okay, oh, yeah. like with the way that that song like his vocal harmonies going into the first chorus, mm -hmm. like you don't know you're waiting for that the whole like two minutes before that. And then it hits, and you're like, "Oh, that's perfect. That's what like I that's wanted." That's exactly what it needed. I know yeah. there's not going to be another D'Angelo, but do you feel like there's any artist today that's like filling in the shoes of D'Angelo? <sighs> does that make does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know. I like there are certain artists that I feel like fill in shoes. Like for example, I feel like Bruno Mars is like the the nice Michael Jackson, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas The Weeknd is like the dark Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for real. I don't know. As far well, as the I say, yeah, I don't tough. really, I don't really know anybody who's like, wow. See, yeah, thing, but I mean, he's still mm -hmm. alive, so I mean, I mean, yeah, but, like, it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah, D'Angelo. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's not releasing music. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think in a way, Kendrick. Um, okay. I feel that. Okay. Because that, that of the way group. that TDE is set up, and because of the way, yeah, that like he works on like if I like Ouch. I just immediately think of like to pimp a butterfly being like one of the. I was about to say Kendrick oh, yeah. X Thundercat. Yeah, would be that, and like Terrace Martin, Kamasi, and like all those people yeah. that were just all over yeah. that, and the amount of hands that were in that record, and mixed by Ali, and like just yeah. all of them being 
just like having one vision together like is like the closest parallel i can draw um damn that's crazy yeah yeah if you think about brain feeder no uh, no not damn i'm sorry uh, uh, no. butterfly <laughs> yeah <laughs> brain feeder yeah um, brain feeder. tde I'm trying to think who else was in that is, is in that area and like i really really those are those are the yeah man I but mean, dre the stuff in chicago too now where it's not like a label or like a like actual but like the artists but like they're all friends and they know each like with like you're talking about like yeah. no name S- and saba Smino, and Smino, no saba. Saba. with like monte like just and them people and yeah them yeah. people and the mind yeah, you know, like mick jenkins like yeah that the dude, mind Naji. and <laughs> i heard yeah. he did a collab with my <laughs> booker stupid yeah i heard that shit was i heard about dope. that shit <laughs> yeah um yeah, but like all that stuff, and I think I mean honestly, like Selection is does some does some like similar stuff where they hook people up that are like yeah. But I would that. say being being in Selection, yeah. they they hook people up, but you know a lot of people because they're so eclectic, you mm. know there there really isn't that like being in it. Right. They're kind of like just groups. Right. So you have like kind of like certain groups who are kind of part of the DJ producer sound, and then right. some groups that are part of the, you know that that kind of iconic funk soul sound right. but it's you know overall selection kind of has like houses if you will like, yeah you know, i feel this, that this gryffindor yeah, yeah, slither right. that kind of thing you know? <laughs> yeah i feel yeah, it that's interesting that's cool i feel yeah. it i do i think... can't imagine every selection artist collaborating with every selection artist no like, yeah, I just, yeah that's I just can't totally see that. real yeah. but like i do love that's what's happening in chicago like yeah. and it's been for whatever like since like it's been for a bit i feel like even since like vic and chance yep. kind of put chicago back on uh-huh. like and then like all the produ- like camo b um uh-huh. uh donnie trumpet like all those producers like and they all like i don't know, like glue everyone together and like you know monte has been doing that for whatever four or five years now yeah it's been four years four, how long has it been well, the Man, first time i like heard three, of him. it's been like three years that he's been on the scene but i feel like he's been doing yeah, music he's, been, yeah like, he's been doing it for he's a, been here for a while long time. but i feel yeah. like the past three years have just been like we've just been inundated with with monty booker yeah. and just like oh it's been yeah we're all so fortunate oh it's, for sure <laughs> so good yeah nobody's mad um, nobody it's, it's just like no. literally this point in time where i feel like he's just like you know what? I'm going to chill for a minute, make people miss yeah. me, and then just drop some crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. He just recently did the uh, the and Dreamville yeah. uh, camp thing. With, yeah. Oh, yeah. With who was it? It was Jid or, or J.I.D. Yeah. Uh, it was Childish Major. It was Baby Rose. It was obviously J. Cole. Yeah. It was Kenny Beats. Yeah. Like all, a bunch of producers got together too. So Kenny, Kenny and Monty became yeah. friends through that. And it's just like, I can see like the things popped off for both of them. That's like crazy. In the last yeah. few months, because That's of that, cool. we got a lot of Chicago artists. Came like even just, that. I don't know, man. Even just having heard like the unreleased shit, that's never gonna be seen. <laughs> that I've only ever heard you like once. Brag. It's just like, why, why? They're so good. Release it. Chicago is well, dangerous. Be, <laughs> yeah, he's teasing people on Instagram all the time. Oh the yeah, time. it's it's just constant teasing. It's constant. Um. Yeah, cool. I think we should get back into into the record. Yeah, um, we got two more records after this. <laughs> we could talk about Monte for a while. Uh, 
but I was like, I think the next one we should do is Spanish joint because I think it's a it's an interesting like departure from what the the other sounds usually are. Dope. On this record. Okay, here's a little bit of Spanish joint from D'Angelo on the album Voodoo. It's so different from most of the other stuff mm. on this record, and it's so good. And it's just like, again, I think the time they took to to make the record, like they went out and got the like perfect people for it, like Roy Hargrove, like writing and playing on those <sighs> horns, and like Charlie Hunter playing on that was like perfect because he has you know more of the like jazz sensibilities and his background with the and but like also they blended it in perfectly like i would never have known that wasn't also mm. pino paladino and which i think is like record making number <laughs> one <laughs> like like if like you would never have known that like any personnel ever changed damn that's crazy um, i think i think my favorite part about this whole album is and just coming from just a listener in and of itself it feels so intimate is not the right word i mean it is intimate but it feels so mm-hmm. it's warm but it's it's just like it's what would you say when you feel like it's in your face but not not in an aggressive way like accessible it's, man it's accessible. i feel like accessible is like 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 it's it's yeah. so simple that mm. like people can understand it but it's the the simplicity is still complex. Yeah. Like there's still like ghost notes and all those bass lines that I'm just like, ooh, like the moment that you hear it, like you feel it more than you hear it, but the moment you hear it, you're like, oh shit. But even back uh-huh. j- just straight sonically. Yeah. I think this is one of my favorite uh albums uh, on a mix job. Like and I can't yeah. remember yeah. who the engineer was, but I like I remember uh, reading this whole article about it. Do you know? Russ Elevado. Yeah. And I, he went through like the like, the whole process of it. And at the time, I didn't really appreciate it because I was just I was just looking at the the article. I wasn't really like listening back as I was you know reading the article, but just really listening to it. It's one of the most well done and, and well crafted mix jobs because it, it everything is surprisingly simplistic and clean, but also like oh it's almost like lo-fi, but it's not like it, it's it's perfectly yeah. recorded. But it's 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 like perfectly recorded in this way where it feels like it could have been recorded in a basement, but like right. <laughs> like a really nice basement. I can't I can't really describe <laughs> yeah. it. Like yeah yeah. Well, I think like uh, Bob Power. I don't think I think he if he he recorded parts of this record. I don't think he recorded. I don't think he was like super heavily involved with this particular record. However, like his effect on Questlove. And the way Questlove records records is like pretty well documented, mm. and I think that has a lot to do with it. Like the way that Bob Power, because he worked with, you know, hip hop people in the studio for a long time, and you know, especially at the time that he was working with hip hop people, like the that sound was like lo-fi in its nature because of the technology, but also mm-hmm. like in your face and accessible, like you said, like you know, and then that being put into the like live instrumentation recording situation i think actually has a lot of effect on that sound where you like you hear like the the horns on that song and it sounds like a sample almost because of the way that like the sound quality hears but you can also hear them playing it (laughs) um and then so yeah you get that mixed effect of it being like lo-fi but not at all lo-fi right it's it's this weird like it's it, it is the most uniquely mixed project that i've 
ever heard that like sounds like it should be like a demo but it's not like right. <laughs> it's it's genuinely full like yeah. and that's 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 skill you genuinely yeah. have to make that sound good without yeah. over you know overdoing anything overdoing just like processing and letting things ride and knowing what to let ride like what to let exactly rest. and that's right like, i feel what you're saying though because like it, it sounds like comfort yeah like mm-hmm. comfortable like i feel so like i should be sitting in a chair Next to a fire, listening to this, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, with a with a pipe in my hand. Or yeah, because it's it's oh, not, man, it's not so as good. aggressive or or like yeah. as like intimate as no. being in the studio with them necessarily. Because even if you were in right. the studio, it'd be a bit louder. It'd be yeah. a bit like you know, like, like energetic. But yeah. it's this very chilled out vibe that they've recreated uniquely. Yeah. Like it makes you feel like yeah. you're just sitting mm-hmm. in this unique soft space. Like you could listen to that in a library. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, and I get. I think it just like it all goes back to the the amount of comfort that they had. Yeah, where they were just in time. They were there until it was done, <laughs> and then it you know whatever whatever that meant. And then you know if we're not if the ideas ideas aren't flowing now, I'm gonna go upstairs and work on Commons record <laughs> and see like like and it's gonna be that's also gonna be banging. Like it's um, I also hear like the the Dilla influences again in that where like. But in the Sonic way, where you're hearing like, um, like Slum Village, Fantastic Volume One, mm-hmm. where if you haven't listened, if you haven't listened, to that, it's fucking incredible. But it that it straight up was a demo, like it was their demo tape, like Slum Village's demo tape. That's why it came out after Volume huh. Two, and then, but it it's Dilla, so it sounds perfect. <laughs> and then it's like, but it's it's super interesting because like you listen to that and you like you listen to the comfort of Dilla just like being wherever Dilla was when he was making beats at that point and just like making as many beats as he could and then, you know, getting his friends to rap on him and then having it and like just that comfort of like no pressure, no clock, like, and you get that same feeling. And I think his influence over this record and that group of people, you know, in general also contributes to that. hundred percent. Yeah. So Jeff, as we, as we get to the end of, uh, one segment we always ask our guests to give a completely unnecessary arbitrary rating that doesn't mean anything at all <laughs> so what uh what arbitrary rating do you have for uh voodoo by dn oh shit man um i think i think uh untitled how does it feel out of the guster album we reviewed last time <laughs> <laughs> the guster album uh, <laughs> I don't know how to in- I really don't know how to interpret that other than I think you like this one a little bit more than that one yeah how about it's my favorite record of all time and there's probably not anything that's gonna change that damn ah damn okay there we go <laughs> how's that for arbitrary <laughs> a little contentious in the studio Sorry. right now <laughs> just get all get all hyped up so for something new man this is weird without Andrew here cause Andrew is like <laughs> My my other co-host, he's like mm-hmm. usually the a buffer that does all of this kind of stuff, and now it's on me, and I'm like, hmm. how do I do it? <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to try and do it as naturally as possible. Uh, for something new, I've brought in an album that dropped. Uh, was it in February? Was it? It, it dropped. I, I think two or think three weeks ago, February. but um, sort of unannounced. Uh, I, I remember I was at work and I saw something that was like Solange is dropping an album at midnight, and I was like, "Oh Wait, shit!" Oh? <laughs> and then I was like, "I did not know this." 
And then, oh. uh, so yeah, I downloaded it immediately, um, gave it a few listens, and I like this album a lot. But I, uh, Jeff and I were talking about this before we were before we started recording, but I don't think it's meant for me, and I think that's totally okay. Mm. Um, because I was a huge fan of her previous album, A Seat at the Table, that yeah. came out in 2016, and I think that record is a lot more palatable in a way, or not not necessarily palatable, but like I think the message that it conveys is much more uh, like understood by hmm. people because when, when, when I get home dropped, um, I mean, I remember there being like some fanfare cause they're like, Oh yeah. I remember this other album that Solange did and she did another one. It was incredible. Yeah. Mm. And then I didn't really hear much after the album actually, actually dropped. And then I started seeing some reviews from people that like, didn't really feel it at all and i was like what is going on here and so right <laughs> um i think it's a much more personal record than the other one and uh from what i was like reading into it like kind of trying to figure out the the frame of reference for it like what was going on so this album is about like her hometown of houston and there's a lot yep. of reference yep. to like references to like specific houston things like some of the songs are like south mcgregor or yeah. um yeah, Scott. like a lot of these songs are like named after specific landmarks in houston so it's like if you're not there if you're not in that area like some of the stuff is lost on you and hmm. i think it was i mean i, I guess it's, it's like a bold move but you know at the same time it's like this is like kind of a high art piece and it's, do, it's, do you think it's I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut oh, you no, off you're good, you're good, you're good. do you think it's different than like when artists like Kanye for example like constantly shout out Chicago in ways that like nobody would know or like Kendrick and most anybody that comes out of Compton <laughs> yeah. you know shouts out like like I've never seen Crenshaw right. ever <laughs> I don't know what it looks like but when I hear it I know what it's I know what it is yeah well, you I know think, what I mean? Yeah, I think like if I can jump in, I think I think it. the uh, I don't I think it is I don't think it's different. I think she does you know get some unfair treatment, mm -hmm. you know, just up, around who she is. Like any subject matter is going to be scrutinized. Every mm -hmm. like similarity that she ever has to her sister is going to be sim like scrutinized. Um, and I think I do think that it is, you know, unlike shouting out Crenshaw. You know the the accessibility factor does does change based on like how you're shouting out your home place, right? Where if it's right. if it's Kanye being like hell yeah Chicago, right, and it's like way more accessible to me than somebody right. you know talking about, you know like then somebody maybe like Vic Mensa talking about Chicago, where it's very serious and it's about the problems and it's about things that you have to really be there and be there be from there to yeah. understand and relate to. And so I think there is a difference there where this album is like about Houston where like, you know, she talks about flooding and she talks about all these issues that are, and talks about things that are like for people from Houston. And she talks about the South and like, she talks about, you know, just those, those very personal um, things. And it's like, you know, that's part of like contributes to the feeling like where I'm like, you know, I'm also like, you know, like I really enjoyed this album listening to it. I do also mm -hmm. understand that it's definitely not for me. <laughs> like it's not, <laughs> it's not aimed at me. And like, you know, I think the, 
you know, we're still, we're still working on the part of our society that is okay with that. Um, yeah, right then, but it's, I do think it is, I think it is a little bit different than, you know, shouting out Crenshaw or Chicago or those places. And especially because of the, you know, the, um, the role that also that gender plays in that as well, where, you know, if, if you, a man is, a, a man is less scrutinized for just shouting out wherever he's from, then I think a mm-hmm. lot of times women are more, you know, they're every bar on like a female rapper song is, you know, picked apart and, you know, right. That right. kind of, that kind of factor. I'll think I also, I think plays into it as well. Um, yeah. So I guess let's, let's throw a clip in. Um, I guess I want to start with track three down with the click. Um, I guess that's the first proper song on the album. Like the, the first couple, there's an interlude. Um, but this is like, I guess this is the one that hooked me that I was like, Oh, okay. So here is a little bit of Down With The Click from uh, Solange on the album When I Get Home. That really gives me like a the Twin, a twin Peaks vibe. Yeah. Like it really gives me this just like slightly unsettling mysteriousness that you can't place, but like everybody experiences. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Like the, the way that the, the keyboard is. Yeah. Like the, the, it's, I think it's like that low piano note that's just kind of sparse mm-hmm. and empty. Yeah. It's like I feel it. Like all those interruptions too. Yeah. Yeah, there was like a really great use of silence there yeah. where like before she gets into the, like the down with the click part, yeah. uh it's like silent for like a second. Yeah, the like the 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 where they pull off that reverb and they just like close it and then they open it way back up again. That stuff like really like like if you're just listening casually, you like <laughs> suddenly stop focusing on whatever you were focusing on there's some jarring elements like not in a negative way but like the first time that like that one bit um kind of like it's like chopped and like repeated a few times yeah it's like oh you know what though i feel like there are not many artists doing that anymore um like back in the the 60s Hmm. when people were dropping a ton of acid like there was just there were a lot of artists doing weird things that were kind of scary sounding like um just yeah. like Pink Floyd's The Wall that whole project is terrifying if you listen to it it's just <laughs> scary as fuck like every time i've ever listened to that album i've never gone away being like wow that was a really nice experience i'm just like <laughs> shit i'm fucking terrified like that's just kind of scary like it, i went to some dark places in my mind and people don't do that anymore People are playing it safe. They want to get playlisted. They want to get, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I feel like it's amazing that she even did something like that on a on a quote unquote like mainstream for, for as a, as a mainstream artist, you know, yeah. on an on her album to go out yeah. there to the point where she's trying to make people feel uncomfortable again. And I and I love that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's. That's actually Tyler, the creator, on uh, on keyboards there, and mm-hmm. apparently background vocals as well. So damn, he shows up a few yeah, times a few on this record. I think, I think Earl Sweatshirt's on here a couple mm-hmm. times too. Like, there's, I mean, the yeah, the personnel stuff on this is is awesome. I love like Metro Boom and being on this record is like real fun for <laughs> like I just love that. Um, yeah, and Earl Sweatshirt and Tyler the creator, and like having the like the and Pharrell, and you know, and then the 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 like more consistent stable of like John Key and John Carroll Kirby mm-hmm. like being you know involved more heavily but like the for the, like the accenting of it like the like 
curated, I guess, younger voices um, are, are really, it's a really interesting like move. And I think it's really, really well done. Hmm. So I think the next track I want to play is the song Almeida, Almeida. Uh-huh. I think that's, if I remember correctly, that's the next mm-hmm. one that uh, stood out to me quite a bit. So actually, let's play that, and then uh, we can get into it after that. So here is Almeida by Solange on the album When I Get Home. So I think that song really, again, it's slightly jarring in that it's got kind of this like R&B, like funk element, and then like the, the, the trap drums kind of like coming uh-huh. in and going like it's it's like sort of a melting pot of different styles like i think i saw it described as like space jazz or something like that somewhere <laughs> like it's just kind of out there it's um, interesting i that that sounds like a pharrell and tyler collab yeah i, I definitely hear tyler on that track yeah like for real i hear tyler but yeah. i also hear pharrell in that because mm. if you think about his newer stuff like neon guts the new nerd album like anything lemon like yeah that's it's got that weird pharrell in his 40s bounce (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah the drums with a lot of body yeah he's just like yo i'm here you know i've been here for a minute y'all know what it is (laughs) it's it's crazy to me when you can like tell a producer by the sounds that they use like i i know tyler when i hear tyler yeah like he just like he uses the same sort of drum sounds the same sort of synths they're just all in the same vein, and it's it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I love it. I love that you can tell, pick them I apart. I love that. Tyler always sounds yeah. like he's trying to score a movie with trap drums. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. True. Like I mean, he always sounds like he's trying to score a movie, like period. And he like like that's all the Flower Boy like yeah. Flower Boy. How is the Grinch so stole cinematic. Christmas, man. Yeah, yeah. it's so. Did good. Did you listen to that album? I did. It's wait, so wait, good. Wait, wait, wait. I'm yeah. on a little bit. Did Tyler the Creator do the music to How the Grinch Stole Christmas? No, what? he yeah. did an album. remake. Well, he did like an album inspired by the oh, like what? as like yeah. a promotional thing. It was I did dog. not know this. It's Fantastic. amazing. <laughs> it's the best Christmas album that's ever been <laughs> written. Yeah. I, I still think I haven't heard it yet. It's you super, haven't heard the, like, it? Mm-mm. The, like the oh, You're a Mean God. One, Mr. Grinch is so good. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that is wild. I did yeah. not know we did that. It's so good. I didn't even watch the movie. I just listened to the album. Yeah, I just listened to the Tyler. But legit, like, what's what's amazing is that it sounds like a Christmas album, mm-hmm. and the majority of the sounds that he uses are in Scumfell Flower Boy. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. it literally sounds like like he just took the same sounds from that album to create a Christmas album for <laughs> The Grinch. It's so wild. It's amazing. I mean, it That's probably dope. lends itself pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I think... Going back to Almeida, I think another thing that's interesting about this song that's kind of separate from how it sounds is that it's the longest song on the record but at 3 minutes and 56 seconds. Like, this song, this album is, what, like 19 songs in 39 minutes? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's it moves fast. And I think it, like, mm. really contributes to the, the like, the, those, like, eerie qualities that we've been talking about is, like, you get, yeah. like two minutes between you know of like something that sounds like nice or or you know more standard and then you're like thrown right back into something like this or something like down with the click and it's like and you know and then you have like a 
interlude in between and then it's like it's it moves really quickly and i think that's like it was super interesting to me when i was like listening through because i looked at it and i was like oh it's 19 songs i'll just put it on while i'm doing some work and then i heard it repeating like 40 minutes later i was like what what happened yeah it's funny (laughs) that you mentioned that (laughs) it's funny that you mentioned the 19 songs because i saw that and i was like all right solange like (laughs) you're already you're already on my you know on my fence and then you throw 19 songs at me. What are you doing, hunt? And then, <laughs> but I was like, we're going to play this. But it's like every, almost like every other track is like 17 seconds. Yes. 22 right. 22 seconds. And, and, and the fact that you were able to just kind yeah. of move through it was really interesting. Like it, yeah. it, it really, I thought it was going to be a longer, like kind of dredging mm-hmm. album, but it wasn't. Like I, I genuinely, it's weird, but it's not yeah. like, a, like a belaboring yeah, process. No. It's just an experience. It like, kind of moves like a play yeah. to oh, me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. it's got a very like I don't know just the pacing to me is just like feels very you know, vignette. Yeah, like, it's like you got vignettes and then every single yeah. Well, it's like but with the same characters. That's really weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. like you know you see the curtains open and then show you a quick scene, then they close again and they open yeah. back up. That's what it feels like. But it's like, like yeah. I'm, I'm imagining like a dark set and then like a spotlight will show up on someone yep. and then like that'll be like one of the interludes yeah. and then the light the house lights come up and then yeah. yeah. Well, she released a, a film version of this album i oh, haven't really? watched it, haven't seen that yet where was it where was it released title uh black might be on itunes no i think it was exclusively it was... on black planet because that was her whole release oh, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh shit she really uh, yeah she was like okay. doing a whole homage to houston and, and i guess black culture in her uh interpretation of it so she brought back black planet and did the whole drop on there and yeah. dropped the video on there oh okay yeah i think I don't know, I guess because like I can only think of things and like as like a reference to other things. I guess like this album is the because the internet of like her albums because like mm. eh, follow 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 me here. I feel you. Okay, <laughs> I know where you're going with that. Because like like Childish Gambino's Camp, I think was like a more straightforward right like rap album. Yeah, okay, yeah, and then was. he he released because the internet. Yeah, yeah, and it's like. 20 something songs on there and there's like weird interludes there's like normal songs and then there's like interludes and like these instrumental breaks and a lot of people I think didn't really feel that album like there were some songs that people liked a lot yeah but I think as a whole I don't know but I guess maybe people just didn't understand it or didn't that's crazy because that's I think that album is well besides uh awaken my love is like my favorite Gambino project same dude but like what was it Cowie Mm-hmm. Cowie was oh, also yeah. dope. That little EP mm-hmm. that he dropped, but I was like, I, I thought that was a really good in between. Yeah, between mm-hmm. because the internet and then awaken my love. Yeah, it was a really nice bridge between the two sounds, and that's yeah. smart that he did that. Yeah, kind of dropped that little teaser, like. Yeah, but I he started. I mean, I feel like the whole reason because the internet even existed was because Camp was just way too rap. Yeah, it was. And it was he a mixed didn't. Tape. He didn't want to go that route he didn't want to continue that route mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean like i don't know like too many people made fun of him at that point in time i really oh, rocked yeah. the shit i thought he was funny you know what i mean yeah. like too many people were just like oh he's that nerdy white rapper or nerdy nerdy uh white frat sonic. boy white rapper you know and right. like i don't know it was really weird but uh yeah because the internet i feel like he started getting into the space where like he started becoming an artist Mm-hmm. writing music yep. even though there were certain tracks that were definitely lifted from kendrick yeah <laughs> when did ludwig start going with him what album i believe I it was because it was, of the internet. It was because was the it? Internet. Okay. i thought he was on camp yeah. was he on camp Man. him well I think, okay when was he on community was it was it before camp 
Uh, 2009 was when Community started. And Ludwig did, uh, he did like the soundtrack to Community. He did a lot of the score for that yeah. show. Yep, that's that's right. how they met. So they met through Community, and then shortly after that started working on, I think it was because of the internet, yeah. but I, I, if he was on camp, I don't know. But I know right. for a fact that they definitely started working closely due to because mm. of the internet. Um, and then you released that short film. Remember the the one with the the, the clapping star or for the like wrong reason. I think that came out. Is on YouTube. Yeah. Did that come out before or after? Because I feel like it. it came out before, but I could be wrong. So I, I guess remember like trying to watch it, and it was very strange. Yeah. <laughs> but getting getting back to the salon job, I guess that's like the best comparison I have is that. It's it's like a weird second album that I think maybe people aren't going to get the first time around, but I think the more you listen to it, the more it will grow on you. And uh, yeah, I think I want to play one more clip and then we can move on to the Choker album. Cool. Um, I think I want to play My Skin, My Logo. Uh, track Gucci. 11. Gucci Mane is on this track. Um, but... This is like the other one that like really stuck out to me as I was listening to it. So here is My Skin, My Logo from Solange on the album When I Get Home. You know, the more I think about it, I think this kind of reminded me of the, the D'Angelo album. Like the the drumming on this is like super just laid back and like... I feel it. Uh, bah. It's like they're... It's behind the beat. That's I don't know why it took me so long to think about yeah. that. Like it's very like chill. Yeah, I love when singers who are really good writers tell the drummers what to do or tell the producers like what they want from the drums. Um, Cause like I'm a drummer. I went to school for playing drums. Like I am all too familiar with the like desire to just overplay everything. Oh. Um, because I can. As another right. drummer, I understand. <laughs> yeah, like I spent so many years making these chops. Like I gotta bust them out, and like you know, you know, same with like when I'm producing and stuff. Where where you're, you gotta like, you hear all these different rhythms and all these things that like can go in there and fill up the space. Yep. And I love when singers are like, "Nah, don't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not what we need. Like, I, my voice is gonna go there. <laughs> like, right." Um, <laughs> And, or like space is going to go there. And I think that's like, I love that in, in records that are like where the production and the songwriting is like curated by the singer. Mm. Um, and they're, and they're really good at it. I love that. And like, I hear that all over this album. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that's the same way that, um, I see that the table was in a lot of the ways too, mm. with that there was a lot of space. There's a lot of, not necessarily empty space, but just, we don't need to have it filled with stuff going on all the mm -hmm. time it's like the the star wars specials after george lucas learned what cgi was and then remade the original trilogy and just put yes. a bunch of shit in the background yeah yes. it's like no you don't need that that's what drummers are <laughs> <laughs> yo but honestly though simplicity is key yeah. it really is key it's like so you good. don't need anything extra and honestly like when it comes to mainstream audiences they are not going to appreciate your extra they're no. just going to be like, why is this extra? Yeah, because the extra has to be relatable. It, exactly. It can't just be there for the sake of right. being there. And if you can't yeah. understand, like, the rhythms that are going, you know, that are that the drummer's, like, throwing out, like, nobody's going nobody's gonna to get that. I call it the Jacob right. Collier effect. It's true. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Jacob Collier. 
is going to be so misunderstood for all his life. I mean, of course yeah. he has his audience. No, you know, he's like, got he his has, audience. He has the musicians. Like he's a musician's musician. Uh, a right? high end musician, though. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, the, I appreciate him, but like I still don't want to listen to him speak. <laughs> right? no like it's not because I don't respect him. It's just that, like, listen, man, you're way above my pay grade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and I mean, it's like I like simple music. Yeah, it's like talking to like a theoretical physicist or something. Like where you mm. just yeah, it's just like it's so you know it's impressive and you know it's like really cool. Yeah, probably. But it's but just jargon. You just like have it's like and like you know even if you know something about physics, like it's still so far above what you're like used. It's to, still just extra. Like, it's too much. Yeah. yeah, man. So let's just be a note to drummers. Yeah, just <laughs> this has been a PSA. Don't do that. Don't shit. do it. <laughs> you can know as much about you know theoretical physics as you want but break up with your girlfriend by ariana grande is still gonna be fire no matter what (laughs) yeah well and like and like it goes like Questlove from you know off on voodoo and all those things like you like questlove got yeah like questlove can play whatever he wants to play hell yeah and he's just like one of the best at all time of like choosing the right thing to play but like what separates him is like knowing when to just yeah shut up and be in the pocket a little bit yeah you know that's true though. Yeah. That's that makes that's more impressive is knowing what to play rather than showing yeah. off. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Quest will tell you it's always more lucrative as well. So, hundred <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> percent. Um, but yeah, I think the other thing I liked about this song was uh, I, I'm super big into like small. Um, what am I trying to say? Uh, the way that like they use that exact sample from Southern Playlist Cadillac music when Gucci starts coming on, where it's just like a small shout out to Atlanta, just like yep, here we go. Like it's just and um you know organized noise in them and like it's just like it's the exact same sound and I just loved that so much. There's just a little bit of mm. you know just the first the opening little like video game type sound from Southern Playlist Cadillac music. Just love that. I feel you. So this is the part where I'm supposed to come up with an arbitrary rating that doesn't mean <laughs> anything at all. Uh, I don't even know. Oh, this is tough. Because, like, again, it's it's a very personal album. Yeah. And it's it, like, I, I think we were talking about it earlier. It's like, I like it a lot, but I don't know how often I'm going to listen to it. Because mm-hmm. it's not like something you just throw on in the car and, like, go driving around to. It's like... Right. It's almost like yeah. an art installation, yeah. but in music form, yeah. you know. Yeah, 100%. It really is. It's one of those actually sit down and listen. Oh, yeah. Right. You have to. Yeah. Pieces. Like, put yeah. your nice headphones on. Like, Turn yeah. off the lights. And... It's like, it's a dark side of the moon style. Yeah. yeah. For you real. know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it a... Ba, 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 ba. See, there's nothing in the name of the album that I can use to, like, try and be clever about, which is tough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll give it a I'm almost home out of when I get home I don't know I don't know if that's anything at all yeah. <laughs> interpret that how you will I feel this yeah. <laughs> alright we will take a quick break and when we get back we will talk to Naji about the album that he brought in um, Honey Bloom by Choker Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to episode 33 of Something Old, Something New, Something Borrowed, Something Brewed. We were super excited to have Najee and Luis on the show. 
Uh, I'm sorry that this episode has taken so long to get out. This edit has been kind of difficult, but we will persevere. If you want to support the show, you can find us on Facebook at something old, something new, something borrowed, something brewed. My cat just jumped up on my lap because I looked away for a second. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at SOSNSBSB podcast on Instagram at SOSNSBSB podcast. Follow Najee. I think he's Mr. Najee boy on Twitter, Instagram, find his music. It's on Apple music. It's probably on Spotify. It's good. It's very good. And I'm so stoked that they responded to me on Twitter and decided to come on the show. So I, I really hope, Oh yeah, they do a show called thousand story podcast. You can find that on YouTube and iTunes. They're, they're doing creative stuff. We're doing creative stuff. We're all helping each other out. So like their stuff, like our stuff, leave us a rating and we will see you in two weeks. Uh, our next episode is featuring Jack Packard from red letter media out of Milwaukee. I'm super stoked about those guests too. And then after that, we should move more towards um, local stuff in Kalamazoo, because that's kind of the the original point of this show was featuring local artists. Uh, I'm going to go play with my cat now. Bye. We are back, and we are into the final stretch of the show for the Something Borrowed segment. Um, today, we have an album that was brought to us by Najee. It is Honey Bloom by Choker. Yes. Um, the floor Incredible. is yours. Yes. So let me first start. You're fucking, you're fucking teaming with excitement. Oh, I love it. You have to understand. I I've been waiting to put this gentleman on. Okay. For yeah. a while. So he's incredible. First off, where did I hear about him? So my friend Gal Matias, um, he invited me to his house one day, and he was like, "Bro, let's just make some stuff, Doc." And I was like, "Okay, all right, <laughs> sure." <laughs> so we started making some stuff. Um, and you know, we were kind of like, it was like just weird experimental shit. And I was like, man, like we probably like, let's like find some inspirational tracks. So we were just trading tracks and he was like, Here, here's some exotica. And I was like, what is that? He's like, you know, that, that one Mangles track you showed me, he's like, it's like that. I'm like, oh shit, that's what that is. That's dope. And then he was like, it got to like, we were just trading songs for like hours and then it'd be like 11, 12 PM or AM. And we're like, all right, let's go chill out in the living room for a second. And he's like, yo, 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 I got one more experimental thing. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he play, he starts putting on this album. He's like, I just heard this the other day, and I have no other words, but just like listen. And then he played <laughs> Juno, and I was like, oh man. Oh, oh no! <laughs> oh my God! Who is this? I remember you coming back from that trip and being like, yo, dude. I just found a new artist. I was introduced to this new artist. Just listen. Just listen. <laughs> just listen. And we had been like watching a show and it was like super late at night. And you were like, you need to listen to this right now. And he puts it on and it was like maybe midnight. Yeah. I don't even know. It was like, I almost cried. It was. <laughs> I almost cried. It was, it was spiritual. Yeah. So was Juno amazing. was the first song that I heard from so him. Um, and then good. I was like, I need to go and hear this entire thing. Uh, and looked up who he was, why he was. like. I was like, first of all, he sounds eerily similar to Frank Ocean. Yeah. yeah. And I was like... I was going to say. Why Why is that? Uh, and then the fact, there's no relation, no nothing. Yeah. He just happens yeah. to have a similar tone. I, but, I feel like I read an interview where he was just like, yeah, it's my voice. Like, I, I, I can't <laughs> help that. It's like, deal with it, bro. This is just who I am. 
<laughs> yeah, I think it was uh, was it a Pigeons and Blades or was it Billboard? It was one of the one of the publications. They they did an interview with him. He was just like, yeah, like people make that you know comparison all the time. And he's like, I, I remember. I, I mean, can't help that's it, the no. first thing that I said. I was like, it sounds like like Frank Ocean, but like B side. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was like the complete Frank Ocean complete. Yeah, like, like, it was yeah. like Frank Ocean, but make it B side. <laughs> but I, it, needless to say, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed listening to just Juno, and then I went back yeah. and listened to the whole yeah. album. And Juno's it was incredible, sublime. Like Man. from and and for me, I'm really a stickler about when the mix. Like I want the mix intention to match the mix. So like. Mm-hmm. For me because I'm a mixer and master and you know obviously I'm an artist too but like I really love when the mix successfully tells the story or allows the the track to tell its story and I feel like this really does that because like there's even like little moments in Juno where like he's like uh, there's this one that was like you know big fucking deal and it's like it's like kind of like just like quiet and just that solo vocal and then it just blows up into yeah. this explosion yeah, yeah, of sound yeah. and yeah. you're just like oh my god like those are the moments that you can only accomplish with a a, a well-intended mix mm-hmm. right. and the entire project is laid out like that where there's just these moments where he really successfully plays with his own experimental sound which feels mastered like it's just like yeah. at home for him like it's not like He's like, I'm just trying some weird guys. He's like, nah, I am weird. Like, this is me. <laughs> yeah. like, and I love that. And and the fact that everything is so cohesive, like things just drift into each other mm-hmm. smoothly, like serenely. And it just feels like this one continual story. That, that That's why I feel like it's a really, really powerful album. And I hate the fact that he's so underrated. Yeah. But, uh, it, it won't be for long, man. It won't be, it won't be for long. Like, not for I, long. Like, so we can say this we, was were, released we were here in on the ground floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this Honey yeah, like, Bloom was released in 2018. Like, yeah. it's, it's it's not going to be for yeah, long Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. when Black Jupiter came out, everyone was talking about how Smino was underrated. And Monte yeah. was like, like it's, yeah, they'll, they'll get yeah. it. Like, <laughs> for real. Um, Give it time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we'll see so, the Choker uh, th- Tiny Desk concert eventually. And then, oh, <laughs> that would so be amazing. That would be I amazing. Have to see, we have to see that. So, I, you know, eventually I plan, I hope to meet the man one day and just have a conversation with him. Cause you know, <laughs> yeah. we're only so many degrees of separation away. Right. What with just networks and all that stuff, but it's, you know, we'll see anyway. Yeah. So to the actual, do we, uh, we want to play a clip oh, yeah. from Juno? I don't know. We, we've talked about it. Do you want to, do you want to save it for the end or do you want to play that one first? I mean, we, we it's up to you. see, I'm, I'm divided. Cause it's like, last. I don't want to take away from, the the order of the album but at the same time i did hear juno first so i know that that has like a stark reaction or like it gives a stark reaction so maybe we'll start with juno maybe we'll just we'll just go from there so this is actually i'll let you i'll let you do the thing (laughs) no you can do it you can do it if you want to do it no go for it i'd love that so this is juno or at least a snippet of juno from uh, choker (sighs) that song ah (laughs) It drove me crazy, man. That's uh, when emotion. I first heard it. I, I legit almost cried. Like when it when you hit that that just like that crazy every instrument ever existed playing at one time. <laughs> 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 just comes out of the woodworks to punch you in the face. That shit house. Yeah. I like. I had so so like I don't know. My favorite one of my favorite things about this record, and I think it goes back to what Najee was saying about. Um, mixing intention is the way that 
they play with uh, width. Mm, yeah. And like where it's right, it like, you know, the big fucking deal is right in front of you. Yeah. It's like, even if you're wearing like headphones, it's like right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And then as it, there's no time between all that and when you. it's you're all like, around you. Yeah. So, completely I immersed in yeah. it. And like you almost get like whiplash. It yeah. just pulls you right out of it. And it the feels whole like a dream. record is doing that. The whole entire yeah. record is just like, it's like fluctuating between being right in front of your eyes and then like entirely around you. Mm-hmm. And it feels like you're being like waterboarded in the best possible <laughs> way. <laughs> like, it's, 100%. Yeah, I, I, and the way that the like spaces are curated, like not only like where like the space that the sounds are coming from is curated, mm-hmm. but like the space that it occupies around your head, yeah, is curated so perfectly. Like is it's so it's so hard to do, and like they did not think about it that hard. I guarantee, like you know, but yeah. they it's just so well done. It really is. Yeah. It's so perfect. Uh, so I was like, it's from so that perfect. point, when I heard that, I was like, I must know more. <laughs> I <laughs> must. Um, and then I went back and like started from the beginning. Uh, yeah. So the second track that I wanted to play, I guess would be, I, I want to start it from the beginning, but I want to save that also. So I'm going to mm. continue from the Juno point, because I actually heard it. We, we heard a few different tracks. So we started from Juno and just let it play to the end. And mm. then I started back from the beginning. So I'll continue from Juno. Um, so the second one that I want to share is Baby Boy. Um, mm. And I really like this one. I, I, I'm not really... I, I, I couldn't tell you why. Again, the whole the whole experience... Like, I, I had to go back and really look at what the names were at any specific time. Because, like, I was just in it. Like, if you just let the whole thing yeah. play, it'll it'll be a seamless experience. Like, it's great. For real. Um, but, like, Baby Boy was kind of... It's just something that stuck out. Um, so, I will not... I'm just going to let the track speak for itself. Uh, so, this is Baby Boy. Yo, the mix just makes my head feel, like, incredible. Yeah. Well, it's like that stuff with mix intention mm-hmm. being like that, like that part, like baby boy, baby boy, ooh, 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 like that stuff. Yeah. Like if you're writing that, you had like they wrote, they knew exactly what that was going to sound like when they wrote that. Right. You yeah. know, and that's, like, yeah. And it's, it's, that's so hard to do mm. and it's just pulled off so incredibly well. I think that's just perfect. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. I, <laughs> just same. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, gosh. So, the last track, and this is a really hard one because there are a lot of good ones on this one. But because I want you guys to hear the beginning, I feel like you have to hear the project from the beginning. Right. Um, so, Drift, the mm. opening track, kind of, it just, it sets the tone. Yeah. 100%. It sets the tone for the album, for the, for the experience, the cinematic experience you're about to undergo because you you really can't you can't well the thing is it's like you could either sit down and listen to this or you could drive to this i feel yeah i could drive all night to this for real you know like (laughs) i could literally drive all night to this yeah Yeah. because like driving isn't isn't active passiveness if that makes sense oh Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i do it all the time yeah like i'll literally drive just to listen to albums Right, mm. just because I'm just like feeling. Right, it's yeah. it's a, it's a different means of consumption, but yeah. it's a, it's right. an important one. But you like, need to move, you know. You need to be moving. You need to be going through something. 
Yeah. And then you get to your That's destination and you're like, how did I get here? Yeah. yeah. Right. I've done that so <laughs> many I feel, times. I feel like, yeah, going on yeah. a drive to listen to this album or sitting down, but going on a drive is definitely recommended. Or Hell yeah. riding a bike or something. Right. Hell yeah. Where there's movement just around you. Mm -hmm. I'm into it. I'm yeah. into it. And Drift yeah. is the start of that. So yeah. without further ado, Drift by Choker. I want to I wanna point out real quick that this being the first track in like the the Frank Ocean can't like uh comparisons. Yeah. Mm. This this track had uh Uzi, Michael Uzawuru, God man. Michael <laughs> Uzawuru um who like produced like Nights by Frank Ocean and, and a bunch yeah. of other stuff for Frank Ocean. It, I just like thought that was interesting that like it this definitely sets a tone like you said for the record and then Interesting. But it is it is this like Frank Ocean producer. He's not the only producer <laughs> on it, but what it reminds me of is uh, you remember when Frank Ocean did that Saturday Night Live performance with a bunch of uh, like uh, arcade machines? Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. this yep. song would have been perfect in that. that. <laughs> like just that environment. That's totally how it makes me feel. Okay, this is the third time this episode I've thought about John Mayer. John Mayer. I feel compelled, <laughs> I feel compelled to say something. Because you talked about Pino Palladino, yeah. who mm -hmm. played bass in the John Mayer trio. Right. And then you talked about Charlie Hunter, who co-wrote one of the songs on Continuum with John Mayer. Fuck. <laughs> and then you referenced the SNL Because, like, John Mayer was at that SNL Yeah, he was. He totally was. They did they did Pyramids, but like, yeah. that was during the time when John Mayer had, like, the, the throat growth, and he couldn't sing. Yeah, yeah. But he played and guitar. So the throat growth. Yeah. yeah. So no, do, I remember that, I remember dude. That. So, like, Frank Ocean finishes singing his part in Pyramids, walks to the side of the stage, and starts playing, like, Street Fighter or some shit. Yeah. And then John Mayer just walks Comes up and up. rips a guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, Yo, it's like, what? John Mayer, yeah, so honestly, good. I feel like John Mayer has just been the fucking silent ninja of the music industry. Like, who thought, whoever would have thought the band who wrote Your Body is a Wonderland... <laughs> Would be doing shit like uh, with so stand. many crazy artists. Like he did that. He did that track on that Mac, Small Worlds and Mac Miller's album. Yeah. Like he's he's like hooked up with Cautious Clay now. Daniel Caesar was <laughs> yeah. on his show mm -hmm. this past week. Yeah. Like he's just entering the the R and B world in a way that like I don't know. I didn't expect. But like even like when he was on that Dave Chappelle sketch, like yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Been, he did a show uh, with Dave like, Chappelle. Yeah, I feel like he's like, I feel like he was he's like really talented, yeah. and he started off making dope shit, and then he like made a bunch of money on some pop shit, and then got made fun of a bunch for it, and was like, yeah. you know what? All right, I'm gonna go, <laughs> I'm gonna like disappear a little bit and just like make things I want to make because now I have enough money to do whatever I yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I'm just going to work with the people I want to work with and, like, I know I'm good, so, like, I don't care. Like, yeah, like, yeah. He, you know, for a long time he was, like, in the tabloids all the time. Yep. Hell yeah. Dating, like, these high-profile... Jennifer yeah. Aniston. Like, yeah. Taylor Swift. And then... Yeah, and then he was just like, eh, I don't want to do that anymore. And, like, it's... Like, he still sells a shitload of tickets for his tours Hell and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. it's just, mm -hmm. like, he's not in the public eye anymore and he can just no. kind of do whatever he wants. Yeah. And he's loving it. Yeah. Good for you, Jess. I saw him live after Continuum dropped. Oh, mm. man. And that was the most insane shit that I've ever seen. 
He's one of the greatest guitarists of our time right now. And he's with the Grateful Dead now. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just yep. touring yeah. nonchalantly I, with the Grateful Dead. Didn't I, I love rubbing you that in this? people's faces. Oh my <laughs> God, like, dude. Because like when I think like Grateful Dead fans, I just, yeah. I don't know. I think of these like hippie kids that I know that would like, yeah, yeah John Mayer, the your body is a wonderland guy. Like blah, 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 blah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, well now he's playing guitar in your favorite yeah, band of both all time. Both fan bases so. hate it and yeah. I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right. but it's, it's amazing because John Mayer was literally like the Grateful Dead tour is like art school. Right. That's what it's like for me. I'm yeah. literally in art school, like learning some new shit. Because yeah. the Grateful Dead, like they have incredible music that you can literally do anything with. Right. Because that's what they did with their music. You know, you, they, like Dark Star is two chords. The whole song <laughs> is two chords. Yeah. And they just turn that into like so much shit. Anyway, man, I'm getting off a choker over here. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, drifts. I like. I also was like thinking about the width in that one too. Like the just the yeah. intro, like you said, it sets the tone. Mm-hmm. Like starts off as like close and in front of you as it's ever gonna be, yep. and then those like synths and stuff come in, and especially once the guitars get it in, and it's all around as wide you. as it could be. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know you're hearing like the um the like fret board like noises like sliding in your right ear and the I notes in your left ear, when and it's that like stuff gets left it's in. just. Yeah, it's just all around you. And like I think it like and it's, you know, like in the first 30 seconds, it shows you like this is yeah. the range that we're going to give you for this whole mm-hmm. record. <laughs> so buckle up, you yeah. know. It's yeah. <laughs> just about to be emotional. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it is like it is perfect like setting the tone like yeah, he, he raps in it. He does the like, the tender singing. It's yeah. wide, it's big, it's small, it's narrow. It's like it does all of it in you know, everything. Everything in one song. Yeah. So well yeah. done, well done. So I, I'd say my my arbitrary rating yes. for Choker's Honey uh, Honey Bloom would probably be a, a baby boy out of <laughs> a baby <laughs> a baby boy out of a a Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. Okay, okay. All right, all right. This I have baby boy found in Mario Kart. You know, like I, that. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I just it's like a like baby, baby boy Mario on like Yoshi's yeah. back. Yeah, <laughs> a baby boy left it's a baby in, Mario. In a Mario Kart. It's a baby Mario at a wahoo. You know? yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's a baby Mario riding a Yoshi, but they were both left together in your front doorstep. Oh man. <laughs> Man, that's real. <laughs> and also Frank Ocean. <laughs> and, and Frank yeah. Ocean's there. Frank he opens the there. door and looks down and says, what is this? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So we're at the point of the show where usually we have something to drink, but our our uh, beer snob co-host is not here right now. So I think we're just going to forego that. And usually we use the uh, the mm. section as a, as a plugging section. I guess, you know, we're really bad at introducing our guests. Um, Oh, that's okay. So, I guess, what is it that y'all do? Okay. Because you're you're an artist, you're a producer, musician, but I guess what's, uh, give our audience the spiel. For sure. So... I, Najee, am a, uh, an artist, producer, musician, as previously stated. Um, <laughs> but I also run a company uh, called Thousand Story. 
Um, and with that, it's a platform for uh, any artists that I want to kind of help develop. Um, it's a podcast to share stories from the industry, from myself, from other people that I work with, um, and other creatives and professionals uh, talk about the shit that we need to know, you know, educate other creatives, um, and just inform people who are creators of what really goes on in the industry. Um, and it, it's, I call it a storytelling machine as it you know allows the people that I have involved to tell their stories successfully, whether that's through the podcast or through the platform. Um, and the thousand story podcast specifically me and louise host um and have been hosting since last last year last year right? uh, yeah it was last year yeah so yeah. it was actually an idea started by louise uh we were just sitting in our living room and he was like <laughs> <laughs> it was like seven in the morning you know we just moved into the the new spot uh louise's cat was sitting there being aggressively angsty yeah as he is. um <laughs> You know, and we were just like, we saw the sunrise coming up and we just started talking about just shit that happens. And we were like, why don't we make a podcast? No, he was like, like, why don't we talk? Why don't we, why don't we just make a podcast? I was like, that's a really, really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and so we did. It, um, was, it was a lot though. Like we were having a specific conversation about an artist in the music industry. And then we were talking about like what we would do in that situation. Yeah. And that was the conversation we were having, and then I'm, we, we, it was like this, like oh, like three hour conversation about the, like what would we do, <laughs> like what we, you know, it was just crazy. And then we were like, you know what, this this is important information. Like people don't know this shit. Like people really don't understand what happens in the mucus, music industry when it comes to the business side. I mean, like the the creative side is is one thing. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's up to you, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who you are as an artist, figuring your own sound figuring yeah figuring out your artistry that's that's up to you but when it comes to the business side like there's so much that people don't know and don't understand when it comes to signing deals with labels oh yeah or releasing your own music and so what we goes into that, that how yeah, you can do that how exactly. that's changed like why are we able to do that now as opposed to in the 70s or yeah. you know and things like that that story is just untold you know Completely. and that's by design or it's been yeah. by design previously because a lot of industry heads are very you know protective of their their information and their network and and they don't want you to know they don't want you to know you know and it's <laughs> that's kind of annoying so we're like that is stupid like we're trying to disrupt <laughs> that shit <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah absolutely hell yeah so yeah, yeah that's basically so you can find you can find Thousand Story Podcasts on iTunes, on, I think, yeah, you're on YouTube. We're on, yes. on like, all the major yeah, platforms. IT, uh, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud. Google Podcasts, TuneIn, basically yeah. any audio podcast Mac. platform imaginable. Yeah, Audio Mac, like, we've put it on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, Luis, do you have anything to plug? Anything, yeah, uh, so I am also an artist, producer, songwriter. I'm not as well-known as... Mr. Najee boy over here. For sure. <laughs> but, you know, I do my own shit. <laughs> um, I'm also part of Thousand Story. Um, and I'm a musician overall. I mean, like, the, to me, the most important things are uh, creating. Um, I love ideas. So any sort of idea, like, it, creativity is not necessarily beholden to just, like, one art form for me. Um, mm -hmm. I just, um, like, for example, like just the, the, the podcast, right. Just the, the whole, like the whole concept, um, of the podcast, 
like those sorts of creative ideas. Like I, I just, that's, that's my thing. I just, idea, I, man. I just come up with different things and I just try to execute as best as possible. Yep. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's really, that's awesome. my role. I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I also do music. I have my own music on Spotify and everywhere all else. The, all the ideas. Under my own name, Luis Pontillo. Oh. But yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So um, Jeff, you got anything going on? Yeah, I uh, I mean, I got music under my name, uh, Low High Music. Um, it's out on Spotify, other platforms, everywhere you can get it. Um, got some projects in the work that I'm going to be talking about pretty soon. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah. Awesome. That's about it. Um, the only stuff I've got going on is, uh, well, this podcast and then uh, the the Shifty, which is a podcast that I did for Bell's Brewery. Um, oh, no. Oh. Summer. Wait, the, like uh, Bell's, like, like two-hearted ale Bell's? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're shitting me. <laughs> no. I love that beer. Hell yeah. Good Bell's beer. Bell's is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I worked as an I worked as an intern in the uh, marketing department last summer, and uh, one of the projects that I was allowed to do was making a short series podcast for Bell's called The Shifty. So you can find that on iTunes and Spotify and Bell'sBeer.com and all of that. So that's kind of the thing that I'm pushing right now. <laughs> oh, amazing! Oh, yeah. I'm about to ch- I'm gonna check that out. <laughs> no, for real, Bell's Two Hearted Ale is amazing. Best beer in the country. It's very fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna agree. Ah, uh, so well, that this was is something brewed. What's Hell that? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Something brewed. There something we go. Brewed. Some brewed. We actually we were drinking um, a blend of rum chata and dark roast coffee. So technically, the dark roast coffee Ooh. was brewed. Yep. Yeah, that yeah. sounds good. The rum chata. Oh, delicious. Dude, it amazing. It's like vanilla, cinnamon. Oh. Coffee. I'm on. A, I, I should have oh, been man. drinking coffee with this rum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't forget the rum. The rum. Yeah. <laughs> but why the rum? More rum. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. Uh, well, I I just want to thank you guys for taking the time and coming on the show and hanging out with us for a little bit. Um, thank you guys so much. Absolutely. Yeah, what, a, what a. I'm a huge fan of this collaboration, and I'm super excited for this episode to come out. Yo, yes. Thank you for choking as well. Thank you. Yeah, thanks thank for you, Choker. Thank honestly. you, T Choker, <laughs> as well. Shout out, Choker. Really Shout appreciate Choker. that. Appreciate Shout him. out, Choker. You know. Shout out, everybody. D'Angelo. Peanut Yeah. Peanut. yeah. D'Angelo. Shout out, Pino Pino. Wherever you're Shout at, out, D'Angelo. Solange. Ooh. Oh, hell yeah. Shout Damn. out, all of them. Yeah. So many good. Uh, so many good, good. Yeah. It's so weird being master of ceremonies to let Andrew yeah. here. I'm never going to get used to it. <laughs> hey, most importantly, shout out Najee and Luis. Hey, yeah. oh, thanks so much, guys. You. It was great. All right. Well, I have been Nick Lancaster. With me is Jeff Carwell. And uh, on the phone, we've got Najee and Luis. <laughs> and <this is> <laughs> oh, man, I, man I, you know, I made a gesture like over to like the side of the room where no one's at, and I was like, yeah, no, they'll get this gesture. <laughs> they'll know. <laughs> if it's meant to I mean, be, we can say know. it. We, we can, can say it out. No, 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 you're good. You're... And now on this end. No, I'm leaving it in. <laughs> we'll just fade it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one's listening anymore. <laughs> perfect, uh, perfect. And this has been something old, something, something new. new. Something, something borrowed. borrowed. Yeah. 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 And something brewed. <laughs> uh, we will see you on side B.